If you would, pray with me. Father, it's good to laugh. It's good to, uh, it's good to see your creation, and it's, uh, even in its funny stages, like that bird. But Lord, it's just good to know that you care, and you laugh, and you enjoy your creation. And most of all, you enjoy us, that you made us to have fellowship, to bring you glory and honor and joy, and the intimacy of knowing each of us. So Lord, as we dive into a couple of passages of Scripture today, I just ask that you, your Spirit descend upon us today, right now, and uh, may your Spirit speak to those that you want to speak to this morning about what I'm going to share in these two passages. In your Son's name I pray, amen. So today's going to be a little bit different. I'm uh, not going to preach. What I'm going to do is just share a devotional. And I want to share with you a couple passages of scripture that mean a lot to me. And some of you upperclassmen have already heard me talk about one of these passages because in some respects, it's, it's my life verse. But the funny thing is, the older you get, you get more life verses. But, uh, but I love this passage of scripture because a scribe had the opportunity of asking the Son of God, what's the purpose in life? What's my purpose? I, you know, I can't imagine just that opportunity to be able, one, to stand face to face with the Son of God, but then to be able to ask the question, you know, what's my purpose? What does the law say? And then for Christ to answer back with a question, Typical teacher in that mode. So we're going to look at Luke 10, 25 to 37. Christ is in, uh, he's in Galilee at this time. He's ministering in Galilee. And if you ever have the chance to go, let me encourage you to do that sometime. I mean, I was in my mid-50s before I had a chance to go to the Holy Land. But if the Lord ever presents that opportunity, go. To be able to walk in the steps of Christ is something else. But to be in the Sea of Galilee where he was concentrating his ministry. And there was at this time where he had come to Capernaum. And they're in a house in Capernaum. And the crowds are just gathering in on him. So much so that the house is packed. And here we get to this passage. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and put him to the test. Saying, teacher, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? In other words, what do I need to do to live forever? And Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? What is written in God's word? And how does it read to you? He answered and said, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, Jesus said to him, you've answered correctly. You absolutely, you get it. You answered correctly. Do this and you'll live. Do this and you have eternal life. Do this and you're with me forever. But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, well, who's my neighbor? Jesus replied and said, a certain man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He fell among the robbers, 
And they stripped him and they beat him and they went off leaving him half dead. And by chance, a certain priest was going down the road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levi also. And when he came to the place and saw him, he passed on the other side. But a certain Samaritan who was on the journey came to him and when he saw him, felt compassion, came to him, bandaged up his wounds, poured oil and wine on them, and he put them on his own beast and brought him to an inn and cared for him. And on the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of them, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will pay you. So which of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, the one who showed mercy towards him. And Jesus said, go and do the same. God wants us to know him and to love him. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Students, if you ask me what is your purpose in life, that is your purpose. And I'm going to say it clear and I'm going to say it right now. You can be anything if you pursue that as your number one goal. God will honor you no matter what your career or your path is. He gives you skills and strengths and interests. Pursue that. I never thought I would be a professor. I never thought that. I thought I was going into the pastorate. But God gave me gifts and skills and interests in the academy and then, unbeknownst to me, management skills and leadership skills. I want, I am enjoying myself. Let me say this. When people say, uh, how are you doing now? I say, hey, I've never worked so hard in my life, but I've never enjoyed something as much in the call that God's placed me on this time. That's my hope and prayer for you. So if you're saying, well, Lord, do you want me to be a doctor? Do you want me to be a lawyer? Do you want me to be a teacher? Do you want me to be uh, a stay-at-home mom, a stay-at-home parent? What do you want me to be? He wants you to love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and strength. Know his law. Know his law. And then encouragement you read like in, in some of Paul's apostles, pray constantly. And then he wants you to be faithfully obedient. That's how you show your love for him externally by being faithfully obedient to the law, to the word of God, to his instructions in life. So then the second part is who's my neighbor? This fixates, what the Lord was saying is that uh, to the lawyer, outward actions. Okay, now I'm talking inward. Love the Lord. Now I'm talking about outward actions. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's all about the outward expression. And that's what I want to encourage you today about that. So when you say, how do I show that? How do I do that? There comes times sometimes in our lives when we have opportunity to put our faith into action. When we don't even know it's coming. I want to show you a video now. It's called, What Would You Do? I showed this video four years ago to the student body. It's a great video because it reflects and symbolizes the responsibility you and I have to do something when the opportunity presents itself to do something. 
God calls us to act. God doesn't call us to walk by. God calls us to act. I don't know when that situation will come up in your walk, in your life. I have no idea. But this is what I'm going to encourage you to do now. Decide now that you're going to do something. Don't wait for the motion of the moment or the energy of the moment to creep up on your life. Decide now if I ever see a situation like that, I'm stopping. I'm going to help out. And if you come to find out later that you shouldn't have done it, so what? At least you made that effort. Decide now how you're going to act in situations. Someone tells you they feel suicidal. Do you just let it go? If someone tells you or you see something happening, don't let it go. Decide now. Will I be honest in this situation? If somebody gives me an opportunity like to hand back more money than they should at the cash register at McDonald's or Caribou, be honest. Decide now. No, nope, I'm giving it back right now. I have been called to a higher standard, and that's what I read in God's word. Show mercy. Go the extra mile. So I want to go over now to the second passage that I want to talk to you about, which is Mark 2, verses 1 through 12. If you want to follow along in your, in your Bible, please do so, or on your, your mobile. Mark 2. So several days later, Jesus returned to Capernaum. And the news of his arrival spread throughout the town, and soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors, there wasn't room for one more person, not even outside the door. And he was preaching the word to them. Four men carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't get to Jesus through the crowd. So they dug through the clay roof above his head. They lowered the sick man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my son, your sins are forgiven. Some of the teachers of the religious law who were sitting there said to themselves, what? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. But Jesus knew what they were discussing amongst themselves. And he said to them, why do you think this is blasphemy? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or get up, pick up your mat, and walk? I will prove to you that the Son of Man will have authority on earth to forgive sins. And Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go on home, because you are healed. The man jumped up, took the mat, pushed his way through the stunned crowd, and then they were all praising God. We have never seen anything like this before, they exclaimed. My hope, my prayer is that you're one of those four people carrying the mat that brings someone, your friend, that you know to Christ. That they decided, I'm going to do something. They decided, I'm going to put my faith into action. And do you notice in this passage that Jesus said to the four, your faith has made this man well. Do not underestimate how your faith impacts other people. Do not underestimate the covenant that God's placed on your life because he loves you and you're a child of his and the king of kings, that your life doesn't bless others. If you have a friend who doesn't know the Lord, who's not walking with the Lord, don't give up on that person. 
and if need be, care for those that can't walk. Care for those who need help. Show mercy. Don't be caught in the idea of the bystander effect. Well, somebody else will do it. Their faith, their faith made him well. Not his faith. Their faith made him well. They decided to act. They decided that their act of mercy would serve him. Look for those opportunities. I got to tell you a personal story. Because this one is not as dramatic as that one. Going to work last winter, after it snowed, right? Typical. In the wintertime here. It's snowing today. So I leave house. I leave the house between 5.30 and 6.30 to get to work. I'm an early riser. Always have been. So I'm driving through the neighborhood, and I look, and there's a, a Toyota, a little Toyota stuck in the snowbank. Um, I thought, well, I need to stop and help this person. So I pulled behind, because you could tell it was a curve. They probably slid off into the snowbank, can't get out. You could tell a little bit high center. So I get out, and I'm dressed. <laughs> and I go over there, and it's, it's a, a woman, and she rolls down the window, and she said, I'm stuck. I go, well, I tell you what, I'll push, and... Uh, We'll try to rock it a little bit and we'll get out. So sure enough, I get behind, I get behind the car. <laughs> Typical offensive lineman, all right? So I'm in the car and I'm pushing and we're rocking the car and all of a sudden it gives. In the meantime now, the, the tire's spinning. Snow is coming right up into my face, right? And the car all of a sudden grabs and goes. Well, guess what happens to me? Spat. <laughs> So I look up, and she didn't even stop. She kept going. <laughs> I thought, okay, Lord, this is good. And so I prayed for her. Have a great day. I've never seen her since. This is okay. It's not as glamorous as what I read in Mark 2. In fact, you know, it's just kind of a dumb story, too, but... But the opportunity presents itself. You never know when. You never know where. Coach Tim Gross was at a meeting a couple of years ago at the University of Wisconsin-Superior. All the athletic directors were there. The presidents, we were in another room. Our meeting concluded. I walked over to the AD's uh, uh, meeting. And as soon as I walked up the stairs, all this chaos broke out. And one of the athletic directors had a heart attack right there at the table. Now, Tim Gross jumped right into action. Trained and prepared. The athletic trainer from another institution was there, and away they went working on that individual. When the moment came, coach was ready. That's what I'm saying. When the moment comes in your life, decide now how you're going to act and respond. Bystander effect, somebody else will do it. I'm going to show mercy and get in there and do something about it. That's what it's about, folks. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. And love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. Regardless of economic status, social status, anything. That person is a child of the king just as much as you are. Made in his image. So, when you leave here today,
Don't be a bystander. Be active, show mercy, and love the Lord your God. Pray with me. Gracious Lord, these students, these young people, are here because you want them here at this time and you have led them here at this point. You have chosen them as your followers. Lord, bless them so that they in turn will be a blessing to you. They will be Christ to whom they meet and they will see everyone they meet as Christ, their neighbor. Let them love their neighbor as you have called us to do so. And I ask this all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Have a great day, students.